You sit back and watch for the bullshit because you know what's coming. You know what's coming. You know what's coming. You know what's coming. You know what's, you know what's Welcome to BS with Brian Simpson. I'm your host, Brian Simpson. Back. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. Uh, where do I want to start? The craziness, Kanye West uh, went to talk to the President of the United States. He was... He was he was uh, he was strange, uh, capitulating. Some would say, um, hugging the guy, praising him, saying his "Make America Great Again" hat made him feel like a superhero and that sort of thing. And um, you know, some people call it cooning. Some people feel betrayed. Some people, and I don't I don't get this. I don't get it. Um, I mean, clearly, Kanye West is not behaving the way people expect him to. Okay, and I and I get that. Um, his love for Trump is kind of bizarre, but I mean, some of the stuff he was saying isn't crazy to me. Um, but you know, again. The, the good stuff is mixed in with a lot of bullshit. Um, and I understand how that how that might bother some people. Maybe you saw him as a hero or whatever. But look, I don't get my political opinions from rappers. I don't... I don't give a damn what a rapper thinks about anything other than music. And, and most of that is bad. So, you know, uh, of course, I mean, Kanye West doesn't fall. He makes, he makes decent music. But he... Uh, I think the whole Kanye West situation is indicative of the black community's lack of lack of respect for mental health issues. This is because you know, in the last few years, this is a it's a new thing in 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 in, in a lot of the black community. I think. Um, I mean, I still know people now that don't, they don't believe in, you know, anxiety and depression and all those other things. Um, and of course, I mean, a lot of that too is on the, because we, you know, we live in a day and age in an era now where everyone wants to be, it's not that everyone wants to be a victim, it's that everyone wants to have adversity. Because that's what's hot right now. Everyone wants to have, because everyone's been through something, but everyone wants to have like really have a story and a struggle because that's what makes you cool that you overcame. So, you know, yeah, a lot of people do sort of self-diagnose themselves with certain mental health issues and stuff because it makes them 
you know, it makes them seem more interesting. It makes their, whatever they've accomplished seem even more impressive. But those people are few and far in between. I mean, most people, people that suffer from mental health issues, it's, um, you know, it's not always obvious, I guess, but, um, but most people aren't bullshitting about like what's wrong with their minds. So my point is Kanye West is clearly off his meds or on the wrong meds, you know, and, and, and I think that's been apparent for a few years now. And every, so every time he says something crazy or off the wall or does some crazy, everyone's quick to be like, I'm fucking done with him. You know, like he's, you know, so, you know, and, and they like, they act like, they act like he's hurt somebody. I'm not done with Kanye West. I mean, I was, I'm, I'm not a huge Kanye fan to begin with. So maybe that's easy for me to say. Um, but it was, but if it was any rap, like, I don't care that much about a rapper's political opinions for me to throw away their music over, you know what I mean? Because it's not like he hurt somebody. You understand what I'm saying? Like, and here's another thing. A lot of you niggas are hypocrites. Like, you didn't, you didn't stop fucking with Michael Jackson. You didn't stop fucking with uh, R. Kelly. You still listen to their music. And they have harmed people. I mean, okay, you could you could debate the Michael Jackson thing. Some people do. But R. Kelly, that shit's on tape. And some of you same niggas is like, I'm done fucking with the Kanye West. You still, you still bump the chocolate factory when, I mean, like, it's, maybe it's because when the R. Kelly shit went down, it, social media wasn't quite in its full bloom, you know? And so we didn't live in this day and age where like, where opinions are fashionable, where, you know, not, not only do you have to be listening to music everyone's listening to and dressing in the clothes everyone's wearing, but you also have to agree with everyone. You have to have the same popular opinion with everyone. I literally see people go on social media and ask people, what do we think about this? So that they can have an opinion that's in line with, you know, they want the thinking to be done for them. So, you know. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's how I feel about Kanye West. I, 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 I'm not so concerned about his political opinion as I am concerned about his mental health state. And that's, and that's very scary because he's a rich nigga. He's a rich nigga with an equally, if not more so rich wife. And he out in public nuts like this. Like I want him to get help. I, I, I you know, if I mean, and don't get me wrong. I mean, if he if he come out of the hospital and still uh, loves Trump to this degree, then so be it. But at least that'll be his fully functioning, sane opinion, and not this like off his meds, talking crazy, you know, type shit. Uh, moving on. 
We have another, you know, she has a nickname or whatever, Apartment Patty is what they call calling her. But basically, <sighs> I'm so sick of this. I feel like I could do a podcast just with these things, with like white women calling because um, two things happened this week and actually my my uh my friend i heard about the other one from my friend ty rivera um uh you should listen to his podcast wait a minute let me make sure i got the right name unbothered unbothered by ty rivera is his podcast and i learned about this from his youtube channel actually um, the, the one, um, damn it, I forget where it happened, but this lady, she saw a black guy with, uh, he was the baby, he was babysitting these white kids, professional babysitter. And she saw him at the store get put, you know, loading these kids into his car and she stopped him and, you know, and questioned him like, yo, can I? How do you know these kids? Can I can I talk to the kids? And he looking at her like, no. And she, she she called the police. And look, you already know how I feel about calling the police. I don't. If you do, that's your prerogative. I don't think you should, unless you know unless you know for a fact that a crime is being committed. You need to mind your fucking business. You know what I mean? If you and if you live in the hood. If you need to know for sure there's a crime being committed, then it affects you. Or you need to mind your fucking business. Because that's how you end up killed or, you know, worse. So it's like, but, but, but that aside, calling the police is your right. Okay? You have the right to call 911 if you want to. Nobody's going to stop you. My problem is this. Don't fucking confront me in public about shit because both in both okay so mm, another situation um this happened in st louis this lady sees this black dude coming in her building she's out she's out letting her dog shit out front she sees him coming to the building blocks him from getting in the building starts questioning him do you live here blah 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 of course he lives there right uh, you know he, he ends up living there and she won't let him go. He ends up having to push her out the way and walk past her. She gets on the elevator with him, follows him all the way to his apartment, and then tries to flip the script and say, oh, I was just trying to meet my neighbors. No, you weren't, bitch. You know what I mean? It, it, see, my problem is I, I... Calling the cops on black people for doing things, for, for being black, whatever... That's your prerogative. You want to be racist, you know, you wanna you don't want to confront your implicit bias, or you're just suspicious. Or they actually or they actually are suspicious. Cause that that's a possibility too. But don't fucking stop me and question me about shit. You don't have the right to do that. That happened to me. This you know, this happened to me in uh when I was living in San Diego. I remember being, I was standing out front. Did I talk about this already on the episode? Hmm. Maybe I did, but in any, in, in any event, I was um, I was pacing up and down the sidewalk, 
in front of my house talking to myself like comics. Comics, we do that. We talk to ourselves because I'm running over bits in my mind. And this neighborhood watch guy, he was a retired, like retired, like sometimes they give old retired cops, they give them those white cars and they get to be like super neighborhood watch. Like they, they just, they can just call the cops like regular citizens. They can't like stop you and question you. But this guy did. He stopped me and questioned me in front of my house. This is basically what happened to this, to this dude in St. Louis. This lady just assumed, not only did she assume he didn't live there, but she, but she complete, in her mind, she had more control over this space than he did. Be because if the situation had been reversed and he had stopped her and be like, do you live here, bitch? <laughs> She wouldn't have been ready for that. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine somebody stopping you in front of where you live and questioning your right to be there? You know what I mean? Like, he has a key to the building. He has a key to his apartment. He's not doing anything suspicious. He's not, he hasn't committed a crime. He doesn't have blood on him. He does, it's, it's like, what, what gives you the right to stop another citizen from moving throughout the world because you're uncomfortable? You know what I mean? It ain't none of your motherfucking business whether I live here or not. You don't own this building, bitch. You're not security. You're not the property manager. And he said these things to her, but he didn't say it the way I'm saying it. He was actually being very respectful and very nice about it. I would have been super, super disrespectful to this lady. Cause I, cause I would have, I would have felt that way. Like, why do you think you have more ownership over where, over where we live than I do? I'm not questioning you. Do you live here? Do you, cause she was out there letting her dog take a shit. I mean, did he, you know, it's like, imagine, imagine him walking up to her and going, hey, um, are you paying the pet fee for that dog? Are you supposed to have a dog? That's none of your damn business. You know what I mean? If you don't think I live here, call the cops. <laughs> I just, that bothers the shit out of me. Man, and in both, and in both situations, in both situations, these black men were remarkably calm. Remarkably calm. Like ice, ice, ice in their veins. You know? My favorite part though was her astonishment when she got pushed out of the way. Can I get the audio from that? Yeah. Yeah. But that's. Yeah. I mean, goddamn. Um, so yeah, what have I been up to this week? I'm playing a little Call of Duty. Yeah, I, I'm, I turn, in, I can turn into a gamer from time to time. Um, the new Call of Duty is pretty, pretty dope, I think. Um, it's actually pulled me away from Rainbow Six, which I didn't think was possible. Um, and yeah, been having a little fun with it, playing it over the last few days. I mean, I'm about done. I'm about, I'm about done binging it, but I like to do that. I buy a game and I binge it for like a day or two. You know, really, really, really uh, run it through its paces. And it's cool. It's got a lot of, 
a lot of cool modes and shit. And, uh, yeah. Also, what I did this week, which was a fucking dumb idea, bad idea. In the last week, so, um, last Monday night, uh, the Redskins, my, my football team, they played the Saints at, um, and, uh, and I agreed with, uh, one of my, one of my, one of my fellow comics, uh, or two um, comics from the comedy store, uh, Nick and, uh, Punky Johnson. I agreed. Nick, Nick is also a, a Redskins fan. We both from Maryland and Punky is from New Orleans. And we just, and we agreed to go to a New Orleans bar with Punky and watch this Redskins Saints game. And it's like, you know, I'm, I was talking regular shit. You know, regular, everyday, run of the mill shit. Um, you know, football stuff. And of course, you know, you win some, you lose some. And my team hasn't been a winning team in quite some time, at least not dominant. Um, since I was a child, actually. Um, but I wasn't expecting what happened last Monday night. The Redskins got fucking molly by the Saints. I think we lost by 24 points. It was like 43 to 17 or some shit like that. It was just, it was ridiculous. Um, and, and, I'm going to tell you something. I've been in various bars that are, that are designed for various sports teams. I was, um, I was a doorman slash bar back at an Irish pub for a, a few years where we, and I worked the sports, I worked football Sunday it was, and it was actually a Bears bar. Um, but I, but I've been, I've been in Bears bars when they're playing the Packers. And I've been in, uh, Patriots bars when they're playing the Jets. I've been in Red Sox bars when they playing the Yankees and, you know, all type of places I've been because I've got friends from all over the country and I've been, to their various little hidey holes, you know, and, and it's some pretty, it's some pretty annoying teams out there. And I thought, but let me tell you something. The last place you want to be when the Saints are whooping your team's ass is in a Saints ball. Oh my God. These people are so loud. And enthusiastic about the slightest thing happening. So you can only imagine as there, as you know, because not only did the Red, not only did the Saints whoop the Red Teams ass, but their quarterback, Drew Brees, was, you know, he broke a couple of records that night and they stopped the game. And it, it, it like, if you can just imagine, like, if, I would, if the Saints had beat us twenty four to twenty one, 
it would have still been the most annoying experience I've ever had being in a, in a bar with fans of another team. But they fucking destroyed us and their beloved celebrated quarterback had like a career night and these motherfuckers, I mean, they must have played that fucking song. They they must have played that damn song a hundred times. And these, and everyone in the bar sang it like it was the first fucking time. It, oh. Just shoot me in the fucking head if I ever hear it again. It's the last time. So, yeah. But, you know, New Orleans, Saints, French. It's a good transition into our Black History moment. Um, The guy I'm about to talk about is who some consider, well, I mean, he's without question, the most successful black revolutionary that ever lived on earth. Um, and you probably never heard of him. I wonder why. We Our history gets erased a lot, but that's why I do these moments, right? Uh, I'm talking about Francois Dominique Toussaint Louverture, a.k.a. Toussaint Louverture, a.k.a. Toussaint Breda, a.k.a. Black Napoleon. And they call him Black Napoleon because he, uh, his, his, his career, his life was sort of very similar. His trajectory was very, very similar to, uh, Napoleon Napoleon. Um, and it, and, their lives are very much connected and you and you will see how um so he was born Toussaint Breda and p- please forgive me if i'm pronouncing these french words fucking wrong but i don't know french and so i'm doing my best um so he was born Toussaint Breda uh, he was born a slave in the french colony of Saint Dumont, uh, which is modern day Haiti, right? Back then it was just a colony of Saint Dumont, French colony. Uh, right now, the the man that owned him was uh, actually very kind to him. Um, he taught him French. He taught him how to read and write. Taught him how to train horses. Taught him how to treat wounds. All that. Um, and not a lot is really known about uh, his young days because he wasn't a revolutionary in his young days. This is what's, this is another thing that's also uh, very, uh, very remarkable about Toussaint. So Toussaint Breda, he didn't really do anything. uh, I I wouldn't say he didn't do anything of note, um, but he was already past 50 before he got involved in the revolution. Uh, So here we go. So uh, by the age of 50, uh, he was he was still just a farmer. He he even had his own slave, and he was actually caring for his aging former master. Um, 
Now, and, and then something, uh, you know, across the water changed things. 1789, um, the, the French Revolution happened. Now, again, by now, Toussaint is in his 50s. So the French Revolution happens in 1789. Now, Saint-Dumont is a French colony. So, you know, during that French Revolution, the old government or the old way of doing shit was, uh, you know, brought to an end. And the, um, I think by, by 1791, you know, the news has spread back to Saint-Dumont about the French Revolution. By, by 1791, everyone knew about it. Like, you know, people heard about it right when it happened. But, but everyone, including the slaves on the island. Right? Now, now keep in mind, okay, so on this island there are, it is mostly black slaves. And it is, um, a smaller percentage are whites, either slave owners or business owners, and an even smaller percentage were are freed blacks, um, or they called them coloreds back then. Freed blacks were called freed coloreds. So everyone heard about the French Revolution, and a big part of the French Revolution was the Declaration of the Rights of Man, which is basically like the United States, uh, you know, Declaration of Independence. Like, you know, all oh, men are created equal and that sort of shit. So can you can only imagine being a slave and hearing about how the French who own you have freed themselves from tyranny and declared that all men have rights, right? So that's that's seven by 1791. Pretty much everyone on Saint Dumont was aware of the French Revolution and the Declaration of the Rights of Man. Now, that was about January, February. By August uh, of that year, a group of slaves met up in a forest. I love this. And performed a voodoo ceremony to swear vengeance. Man, man. Now listen, guys, you know me. If you know me, or if you listen to any other episodes of the podcast, you know I don't advocate violence. Okay? But I do love me some vengeance. Um, it is the most entertaining form of violence. And I just can't help but get excited when, <laughs> when people want revenge, bro. When, and when like that, that determination that people get when they want some revenge, it, it's, it's, it's fucking electric. It's electric. Boogie, boogie. Um, now. So, now, when they when they met up in the woods and did this voodoo ceremony and swore to rebel, they weren't fucking around. It, 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 a week later, by the 21st, the revolt was in full swing. 
slave masters that morning woke up getting dragged out of their beds, their children's heads getting put on pikes, their bodies being mutilated and massacred. I mean, men, women, and children, they weren't fucking around. They just tore through slave country. Just, I mean, you know, I mean, they weren't, they weren't fucking around. Like, you know, I don't know much about voodoo, but I know that people that believe in that shit believe in that shit, bro. So when they swore to their voodoo gods or whatever the fuck they did or drink the potions, they they weren't fucking around. They was they was for for serious. So <clears throat> the rot is all out. <clears throat> now, Toussaint was kind of on he still wasn't involved. Okay. There were other people in charge of the slave re rebellion. They had formed their own uh, uh, little military. You know, they, they had their own general, all that. He was not involved at all. He, he lived out on the countryside, peaceful life, freed man, blah, blah, blah. But for some reason, you know, at the ripe old age of 50 something, Toussaint decided, you know what? Fuck it. I mean, he doesn't say why. I mean, it doesn't say what, what made him decide, but he, he got on his John Wick shit, man. And he said, fuck it. He sent his family to Santo Domingo, which is the Dominican Republic now. But in a lot of you, a lot of y'all don't know this. Some of you niggas need to look at a map. Okay. But Haiti and the Dominican Republic are the same island. It's the same mass of land that they two different countries. But I mean, if you, if you, talk, if you talk to Haitians or you talk to Dominicans, they like, you know, I guess they talk like it's different places, but it's the same place. You know, it's the same island. So, you know, he sent his family to the other side of the island to, uh, you know, to, to keep them safe. He freed his slave. He took his ma his former master and their family and he smuggled them on a boat to America. So boom. It, he's like, "Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Everybody I don't have no like no, no none of my none of my loved ones are around to be used against me as a weakness. I'm ready for war in my 50s." Fuck out of here. Just that alone makes him a badass to me cuz I'm 36 and I'm I, I think about being done all the time. I'm, I'm tired of shit already. Like to, to, I can't imagine being in my fifties and then deciding to go to war. Nigga, I've been, I was, I went to war in my twenties and I was over that shit while I was there. There ain't, and there ain't nothing in the motherfucking world would make me go, well, there's a couple of things, but you know what I mean? I can't imagine being 50 something and deciding to get involved in a war. But I do understand some vengeance, you know. And maybe he thought getting involved would, you know, he wanted to have some sort of influence on things. I don't know. I don't know what made him do it, but he did. And thank God he did. Um, he turned out to be a military genius. Uh, by the end of, uh, of that year, 1791, over 30,000 were dead on the island, um, slaves and whites. And a third of Saint-Dumont was controlled by 
slaves. Uh, now Toussaint joined, he joined their military, the slave military, and it was led by some other guy whose name I can't remember because I didn't write it down because he ain't really that important. Um, because, you know, Toussaint started out as, as like a doctor because of his medical skills, but it became clear real quick that he was the real military genius. I'll put it like this. He started out with six, they gave him 600 men. Um, by the end of that year, it was 4,000 people was like, yo, I'm following that nigga. <laughs> Cause he just knew what he was doing. And his unit became famous for showing clemency to uh, to the whites that they come across or the ones that surrendered. That I mean, that was his policy. Uh, but he did have a lieutenant. And this dude's, remember this dude's name because it's going to come in handy later. Jean-Jacques Dessalon. Jean-Jacques Dessalon was his lieutenant. And Dessalon... Uh, this alone was the Malcolm X <laughs> to uh, to to songs Martin Luther King. I mean, this alone did not show any clemency to the whites he came across. Uh, yeah, if you were white and he came across you, he was gonna fuck you up, It'd mutilate you, all the things that the, his masters had done to him. That's how that's how he carried it. Yeah, this alone was on some nah. I'm not, I'm not forgiving. I'm not forgetting. I'm not showing no mercy type shit. Um, but he was also a smart tactician and a, and, and a, and a loyal general, a loyal lieutenant. So, you know, he was, he was, he was Toussaint's right hand man. Um, okay. And, and it was around this time. I mean, he started winning battles left and right. And, um, uh, he, he changed his name from Toussaint Breda to Toussaint Leverture. Um, which I believe means to open the way, which is, somebody correct me if, if I'm wrong about that, but Leovature means to open the way, I'm pretty sure, which referred to his, like his, 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 his prowess in battle to always find an opening, uh, or whatever. Yeah, so he, he, he was badass. Uh, now by 1793, uh, Spain and Britain were like, oh shit. France hasn't really said, while France is having their revolution, it's nobody fucking controlling San Domingue. Up free colony, up for grabs. And that and both Spain and Britain decided to invade <laughs> San Domingue. Right? Uh, you know, like your boy Toussaint was a slouch over there. So now the Brits being British. They just straight up invaded. Um, they took over some coastal cities. I think that was a mistake. The Spaniards, okay, now they were, they were a little more cunning. They negotiated with, uh, some of the slaves on the island, some of the slave, the slave leaders in the military, because at this time Toussaint wasn't quite, he wasn't quite the head of the military. But, uh, the Spaniards negotiated, uh, and, okay, so their deal was they would respect the freedom of the slaves if they agreed to fight for Spain. And some of the slaves decided to do that, to go fight for Spain. 
Um, now, at the time, the new French government sent a representative to Saint-Domingue and basically just unilaterally freed all the slaves. That, now Toussaint, he liked that offer. So they was basically being, uh, they were being, you know, pulled in three directions. And Toussaint was like, um, I'm going to go with the French on this one. I'm going to side with the French. Smart move. Now, some, some people would have been like, wait a minute, weren't you just fighting against the French? And, you know, but he did, he did the smart move. I mean, he was just fighting against French rule, but yeah, he was on the side of the French, even though the French, the French military wasn't there. You know what I mean? But he, but his, his goal was to free the slaves. And when the French was like, yeah, we're going to do that. He was like, all right, took his army down, fucking destroyed the Spanish army, just mowed the fuck through them. Then went after the British and whooped their ass too. I mean, just every encounter, barely losing any confrontation, no scuffles, not even breathing hard, just fucked everybody up. Uh, Spain ended up just running away with their tail between their legs. The Brits uh, sued for peace, and their agreement was uh, that they would leave Sandemont, and but they would continue to do business there as long as Toussaint would agree to not spread his rebellion to Jamaica. Um, and I don't, uh, I don't think it was called Jamaica at the time. Maybe it was, but, uh, I didn't see anything otherwise. Uh, so now Toussaint was basically the king of the country. You know what I mean? Uh, and he decided, you know, he was going to just, he was going to start passing some reforms. And this was actually, I mean, he was so brilliant about this. So he kept the peace. All right. He allowed all the slaves to stay free. He even invited the white slave owners back and let them keep their land that they own. Then the free slaves was going to have to return to their old plantations for two years, but they would be paid wages and no beatings were allowed, no corporal punishment. And he did that to, so that the economy, so that the economy wouldn't be unstable, you know, because yeah, I mean, you know, saying you want freedom is one thing, but to actually switch from a slave economy and like overnight and fully go to no slaves, I mean, yeah, you're going to ask for your economy to collapse, you know. So he tried to prevent that in as fair a way as he could uh, could think of at the time, I guess. Um, but he disallowed any vengeance for the for the war that was just fought, you know, like if, you know all the cruelties of the slavery and the war that they just fought. He wanted it to be all wiped out no 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 forgiveness however so during all this time the coloreds remember there were already some freed slaves on the island called the coloreds they had sort of established their own little state in the south of saint dumont and toussaint was not having it so while he was while he stayed up north and was organizing shit, getting, getting, uh, you know, getting the country back stabilized. He sent his lieutenant, Desailon, <laughs> uh, down south to 
to handle that. Like, like I'm not going to have y'all have y'all own little state at the bottom of my shit. And, you know, Dessalon was not the peaceful, loving type dude. So he went down there and just murdered everybody. Um, <laughs> and it was called the, the War of Knives. Uh, and uh, that's a whole, that could be a whole nother episode if you want it. But I, I, I don't really want to talk about it. I mean, he won. I didn't really go in depth with the battles because that's the, because what's important is that they won. At the, you know, as far as the relevance to the life of, of, uh, to Song Leo Jim. So, um, now, at the same time that all this was happening, uh, the real Napoleon, as opposed to the black Napoleon, the real Napoleon had pretty much done the same thing. That's why they call him the Black Napoleon. The real Napoleon started out, you know, somewhere in the middle ranks of the French military. And by this time, he had become consul of France. Right? Which is basically king. King of France. You know, he, which is exactly what, Desa, what, uh, what Toussaint did. Right? You know, just worked his way up to just being the leader Fighting a fighting a rebellion, fighting a revolt, leader of the resistance. Now he's the king of his domain. Now, um, but Napoleon was like, oh, you know. So now the French have a government under Napoleon, and Napoleon declared that the French colonies would be under special exemption or special rules, basically that they were exempt from the Declaration of the Rights of Man because they wanted slavery in these colonies. You know, they need, they wanted the money from it. Um, and they, they were afraid to let a slave, to let a former slave run a slave economy. Toussaint's response to this declaration was, you know, he I guess he kind of capitulated. He praised Napoleon, congratulated him on becoming first consul. And I guess that's all... Uh, uh, that's all it took, just a little stroke of the ego. And Napoleon was like, all right. And he declared Toussaint the official leader of Saint-Domingue. Right? But under one condition. He was like, you will not invade Santo Domingo under any circumstances. Now, remember, I told you. See, earlier he agreed not to go to Jamaica, but Jamaica is is another island but santa domingo is 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 literally the same land as as san dumont right the dominican republic is the same land as haiti so it's like you know two psalms like yo i can't have i can't have slavery right next to me and he invaded he invaded anyway. And uh that would basically be, you know, sort of his undoing, right? Because um I, I now I uh as I was researching this, okay, the one of the guys from Infographics, he he said that uh Napoleon before this had a plan to use that army in San Domingue to invade the United States. He was going to start trying to invade the United States. 
but his ego just won out and he and you know he was so pissed that Toussaint defied him he sent uh a, a you know a detachment of the French military down there to handle it um and here's here was a lot of fucking betrayal because basically at this time it was like people still weren't happy right like Toussaint was the leader and you know but the whites were still kind of pissed at the new uppity free blacks um, or the new uppity free blacks and then the black people were sort of pissed because they 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 had fought for their freedom but they still kind of had to be slaves you know and the free blacks were kind of just like nah we 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 want we wanted our own fucking place and you destroyed it. So little by little they all slowly kind of sided with the French when the French showed up. Like and they kind of left Toussaint hanging out to dry. Even his boy that's alone. Yeah man, you can't trust nobody out here, bro. That's alone. Why you? And uh yeah, so, you know, he, he ended up, you know, he ended up losing and, and he, uh, he, he agreed to stop fighting as long as, uh, the French agreed to not, he agreed to stop fighting and come back to saint Domingue as long as the French agreed to not bring slavery back to saint Domingue. And they did. And so he went back, lived out in the woods, and then he was, personally invited to meet some high up general in the French army by Napoleon's request. And it ended up being an ambush. And when he came out of his little like place out in the fucking woods, they fucking arrested him and sent him back to France. And uh and he ended up, you know, because he was like 60 something by the time he ended up dying just from being old and sick and in a fucking, you know, cold cell. Um, um, you know, they didn't torture him or nothing like that, but still, they just let him die out there. And once he was dead, the French decided to basically try to start their own little mini holocaust and start slaughtering all of these former slaves, you know? And... You know, I don't know if it was like word got back to them that Toussaint was dead and that on top of the massacre. And this is sometimes where like you, sometimes you get exactly what you fucking deserve. And you know what they got? They got a pissed off Desalon. <laughs> the nigga's back, Desalon. And Desalon basically sparked the whole damn rebellion up all over again. But this time, he fucking killed everybody. It was no peace, no nothing. He killed every white person on the island with the exception of uh, some people. He, like, he killed everybody that was French. Everybody that was white and French was dead in the motherfucker. Uh, if you was like Polish or American, he, he let you go because you wasn't part of it, but... He murdered everybody. No olive branches, no peace treaties, no nothing. Uh, yeah. 
but then, you know, but ever since then, I mean, you know, I, I guess, um, uh, uh, you know, and uh, so he ended up, uh, Dustin Long ended up naming Sandoval Haiti, what we now know as Haiti. Um, and ever since then, Haiti has never been under French control. I mean, it's been invaded and manipulated by the United States and all these other countries and definitely taken advantage of and plundered and all these things. Um, but not by the French. <laughs> and that's all because of uh, Toussaint Breda, a.k.a. Francois Dominique Toussaint Louverture or the Black Napoleon. <sighs> Yeah, the most successful black revolutionary ever. That's been our episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions, concerns, emails, comments, please feel free to contact me at bswithbrownsentence at gmail.com. Seriously, do that. Follow me on Instagram at bscomedian. Or just show up to my shows, nigga. So follow me on Instagram so you know when my shows are. Stayed alive and learned the rhyme Turning lines and he's of earth and turpentine Nigga,